Brought to you by Make Fun Network. Welcome to Lost Legends Tales of Thurn. This is Ben, the DM. The kaboom forces the ship forward into the water. And we just keep firing the cannons until inch by inch we make it west. My name is Theron. My uncle is, was his college roommate. Kalanon, what you use this for is you use this to defeat the dust bunnies. I'm Big Boots. I'm your new best friend. They want biscuits? Oh, they want those backdoor biscuits. My name's Magna. You're chained up. That's kinky. You can call us the Dirty Water Boys. You are the Dirty Water Boys? Last time on Lost Legends Tales of Thern, our heroes were escorted to Luther Ashendale, the ancient vampire who gave them an offer to join him in his dark work of turning the town to serve as an army for the Golden Empire. A surprise visit from Theron's father, Tarek, revealed further that he planned to break the strained dam just outside of town in order to flood the town of Kaelin and neutralize the vampire threat. The Dirty Water Boys instead chose a desperate plan allow Theron to infiltrate Luther's inner circle to steal and destroy his unholy amulet of Zetus, the goddess of pestilence. Our scene continues as the desperate attempt has failed, leaving Theron now bitten at the mercy of the vampires. So, Theron, um, you feel the two puncture marks in your neck of Luther's fangs. Um, all of a sudden, your head starts to swim. It's like you get this cold sweat. Seems like you're you're just shivering. You feel your heart start to beat faster and faster until you can almost hear it beat in your ears. You, you start to feel lightheaded as memories, memories you haven't thought of in years, decades, just come kind of all come flooding back. Um, so, Theron... You blink a few times, the world seems to grow dark. There you are, outside of your house in the woods. You're eight years old. You're just outside in the backyard right at dusk. Um, You have a little box, um, about the size of a shoebox. And uh, standing behind you are your mother, Tyria, and your dad, Tarek. And uh, they're both holding hands, very much in love. You see in front of you, there is a hole in the ground. You would remember this to be the... uh, the, the death and burial of your cat. Favorite little kitty. What is the, the name of your cat? Or what was the name of your cat? Mittens. Yeah, so Mittens is inside this, um, you know, this little wooden box. And your dad went with the shovel and dug up a little hole in the backyard. And kind of one of those things, getting ready to, to bury him and lay him to rest. You know, as you, you place the box inside the hole, what did you say to uh, remember your, your good little boy? putting me on the spot here goodbye mittens i'll I'll miss you buddy uh your father comes up he kind of pats you on the back gives you a knowing nod and uh he's got shovel in hand and he starts to you know scoop the dirt back into the hole effectively burying the kitty as dusk falls uh your mother tyria comes up with a piece of paper you would know that this is the, uh, I mean, it's its an ancient ritual. No one knows exactly where it comes from, like what part of the world it originated in. Uh, the only thing that's known as the creator of it, it's called the Ozar Ritual. Essentially, it's this enchanted 
paper. It's a paper bird, you know. So what you do is you write down some of your uh, favorite memories of a person that has uh, recently passed, and then you say the um, the enchantment word, and it folds itself into a crane, and then it takes off into the night sky, bursts into flames, dissolves into the night sky amongst the stars. Um, so what are two memories that you'd have had with this kitty that you your character would want to remember and cherish? Uh, one would just be like sitting by the fireplace at night with mittens in his lap, you know, falling asleep and him just like stroking him as the kitty purrs and then they both fall asleep. And then the other one would be mittens kind of up on his shoulder, sitting there while he's like learning archery from his dad. Totally. Just like a little captive audience there. Yeah. Excellent. Yes, as you finish writing that down with your ink and quill, you say the command word. It folds up into a little, you know, it's like an like a eight and a half by 11 normal sized piece of paper. Folds up into a crane and then takes off into the night. You can see a little spark work its way down the tail, into the body, down the wings, and up the head as it kind of dissolves amongst the stars. And uh, Tyria kind of kneeling down next to you. You know, you can see she's getting a little bit teary-eyed. You know, she says, she tells you, you know, no one, no one remembers how this ritual has come about, but uh, it's a, a final bit of closure for, for those lost and those long gone. She says, I'm sure Mittens, you know, I'm sure you'll see Mittens again someday. Um, at this point, she would uh, kind of, you know, get up on her, you know, because she's kneeling down to talk to you because your character's eight, uh, stands up, grabs your hand and leads you back into the house where she's prepared your favorite meal for the three of you. Uh, what is your favorite meal as an eight-year-old? Probably pheasant. Okay, totally. Yeah, you go inside, the fireplace is roaring, and um, got freshly cooked pheasant and um, other kind of vegetables and fixins on the table. So that memory, as you dig in, that memory dissolves. The next memory that pops up kind of in your, your mind, it's like you're reliving it all in real time, is four years later. Uh, the day after your mother's disappearance. So you'd be there right by the door while your dad is, uh, Tarek, he's packing this bag. You know, he's got like multiple daggers. He's got holy water. He's got like a machete, kind of a serrated edge meant for cutting. You know, he's got like several days full of rations. He's just kind of in like really hurrying, you know, really trying to pack this together like a, like a frantic, urgent, you know, um, kind of sense you get like he's hurrying as fast as he can. Um, as he goes to the door, he turns back to you and uh, says, You're in charge of the house while I'm gone. Make sure to lock the doors, keep the wards up. I'll be back as soon as I can. How would you respond to him? What would you say back, knowing that you might not see him for a little while? Uh, okay, Dad. Be careful. I'll miss you. Bring Mom home safe. Say, so you see his face get kind of downcast, and he says, I will do what I can, son. You have my word. His last words kind of break off like he's just barely keeping it together himself as he turns around the door and slams it on his way out. You would remember that he he doesn't come back for about eight days, uh, leaving you alone there just kind of to, to pass the time, hoping that he comes back in one piece. Here, this memory fades, and it flashes forward to a week after he's come back. So, Theron... Uh, being about 12 years old and having, you know, come to the realization that mom's not coming back, um, you would remember a night where you sneak into her bed just to kind of lay there, you know, under the sheets, and it still kind of smells like her. 
as you roll around, you still feel a little bit of warmth, or at least you think you feel a little bit of warmth in your mom's bed. And at that point, your your father comes into the room. You'd remember these, he reeks of alcohol. Kind of just opens the door and stumbles in. And he says, hey, what do you think you're doing? Get out of here. Your mother's going to need that maid when she comes back. Get out of here. Beat it. Go back to your room. And he's just like, like in this fury, you know, like an instant one to ten. Uh, how would your character respond to that? Um, what, as soon as like the door like bursts open, his dad comes in. He just kind of like bolt upright and sprint out the room, but like run around his dad as to not get near him because he's you know in a fit of rage. Not that his dad has been like violent in the past. Theron's just like he he had been alone for you know eight days. He's just kind of lonely and scared, and just be like, "Sorry, Dad," and just kind of run past him and go to his own room. Totally. Um, as you make your way into your room, you would hear him from the other room just kind of start to like beat himself up over it and be like, "Ah, come on, I didn't mean it that way. Just, just, just keep it together, kid, will ya? Jeez." And he, um, you would hear a a wine bottle crash against the the wall, like he through it. And uh, he just breaks down in front of the fireplace, just like a grown man, just sobbing his eyes out as he reaches for another wine bottle, uncorks it, and drinks amidst the sobs. That memory fades. Flash forward about three more months. As uh, about twelve and a half years old now, you would know your father has been spending a lot of time in the forests. I'm talking like six, seven hours a day away from the little homestead that you've got here in the woods. Um, and you'd remember it it kind of eating away at you, like, what's he doing out there, you know? Like, firewood's not getting cut, we're not hunting, we're running out of food. You know, like, what's, what's he spending all of his time on here? I need you to roll a stealth check as your character kind of... It's like you, you know, because this has already, already happened, it's like you know what's going to happen, but it's like you're reliving it in real time as you see your father walk out once more into the woods. Uh, go ahead okay. and roll a stealth check. You want me to use, like, my current stat? We'll say you'd, you'd have, like, a plus five bonus, we'll say. Plus five? Okay. <laughs> I got a nat 20, so 25. Oh, well, that's perfect. Yeah, so you're able to uh, creep under the brush, around the trees. You follow your father about a mile into the woods, well away from the homestead, and uh, you would see a small makeshift off uh, altar to the uh, Phemos, the god of death. Your father has a satchel full of um, different, like, candles and uh, kind of like different sacrifices and stuff. Kind of meant to do, like, a ritual. You would get the feeling. And so as you kind of watch, he uh, performs this ritual, trying to communicate with the god of death, and nothing happens. Then he tries it again, a little bit more angrily, and nothing happens. At which point he starts cursing the gods, he flips over the altar... And uh, kind of storms off in a rage, kind of like, a, like, why won't you give her back to me? God's damn it. You know, and he flips the altar and storms off back to the homestead. At which point you would notice, um, you know, on part of the altar, part of the ritual was to have something that belonged to your mother. In the memory, your character goes up, finds that um, Tarek offered up your mother's bowstring. Um, she was a famed hunter in her community before her and Tarek got together. 
Um, so you were able to pocket your mother's bowstring and then make it back to the homestead before your father finds out that he was followed. That memory fades as you make it back to the house before your father. Now we're nine months after the disappearance. Your father hasn't left his bedroom in six days. Food's running out. You, you had like one meal yesterday of nearly rotted salting pork, uh, salted pork, running out of fresh water. The fire has died down low. And your character, you know, Theron, as a, a now about 13 years old, would take it on himself to provide for the family. You know, in the absence of your, your father, just kind of in a depressed state, staying in his room, not coming out, not talking to anyone, hardly eating. What, what supplies would, th- would little Theron bring to, uh, to try and do some hunting? To, to get some um, meat, you know, for the house. He, he would have like a little short bow and maybe a dagger. But I think mostly he would f- kind of fail at that because I, I imagine his dad probably started teaching him how to hunt around the age of 11 or 12, um, like hunt seriously. Uh, so he wouldn't be super great at it at that point. So he's just going to kind of learn how to shoot the bow on his own. Like he knew the basics, but he's going to have to learn like precision and aiming and timing and all that stuff kind of on his own. And I'm also just kind of imagining because his mom was a, uh, a spellcaster so i i would think he would find like maybe a journal or some scrolls that would teach him how to do kind of those first level spells that he already knew so uh, i'm imagining this is when he would learn good berry to keep himself fed absolutely yeah she uh your mother would have kept you know she's got like a like a big kind of chest at the at the base of the bed you know she would have kept multiple scrolls just kind of you know like in case of emergency but also to teach you when the time came of those spells absolutely um so as you make your way into the woods going out to uh, to scavenge for food and provide for the family the, the family that you have left that is as you crest a hill in the woods there's uh you know it just rained the other night and so it's still pretty muddy pretty slippery uh you would slip and fall on the leaves and then slide down the hill to the bottom just wham you know uh, co- you know, your whole backside covered in mud. And as you stand up, you would hear a howl as four wolves begin to slowly surround you and encircle you. There's one that is kind of bigger and badder than the others. He's a little bit, you know, his teeth are a little more pointed. He looks like probably like the alpha wolf, you would guess. Um, and he's just giving you this death glare like he's just found the next meal for him and his pack. Uh, how would you how would you respond to this? Currently, the, you're, you're surrounded on all four sides by by these wolves, with the uh, the pack leader directly in front of you. Um, at at this point, being a little while later, Theron's kind of getting more less scared of things and more grumpy, cynical. Uh, he's kind of like turning into the dark boy that we all know and love. Uh, so he would just kind of get up a little bit, not stand up straight, but like crouching and like have his dagger out in one hand and his, his bow out in, in his left hand as like kind of a makeshift shield or something to kind of keep them at bay with and just be ready for him. Keeping like most of his focus on the, the head wolf because he knows that's the one that's going to jump first. And uh, yeah, as you go to kind of prepare yourself for anything... Uh, the head wolf does indeed jump first, knocks you down. You know, you'd remember being able to get a couple good stabs in with your dagger, but uh, they start to attack 
your your arms and your legs kind of scratching up and down, gnawing on you, and you uh, you, you kind of fade to black as you, you pass out from the exhaustion and the loss of blood. As you come to, you feel warmth on your face. You kind of look around like very weary. Your arms are bandaged, your legs are bandaged. You're laying on the couch right in front of the fire at your homestead uh, with your father, Tarek, just finishing bandaging your wounds. Um, his face is downcast. Looks like he hasn't slept in about a week, um, but he is very meticulously applying the healing salve and then bandaging this part of your arm. And then you got a scratch up here and he's putting the healing salve on very gingerly, very delicately, uh, making sure to get it absolutely right and then putting the bandage back on, taking absolute care of you to make sure that none of these get infected. And uh, he does so completely silent. As you look over the fire, you know, you can see that there is multiple strips of, like, wolf meat cooking over the fire. They should be done within the hour. Uh, we're ready to eat within the hour. That memory disappears, and finally you are on the one-year anniversary of your mother's disappearance. Your father, Tarek, has hoarded a lot of non-perishables in the last three months, like a lot of salted park pork, a lot of flour, barrels of fresh water. I mean, that way, if anything were to happen, you know, if he was gone, then you'd be yourself uh, for at least a year on this food reserve. He uh, leads you out to the back. He has one of the paper birds, and he hands another one to you as they both write down, you know, you and him both write down your, your most important memories with your mom. What memories would you write down? Uh, write down your experience with Tyria. Um, the first one's going to be probably... Oh, when he was like five or six and like was out running in the woods and fell down and scraped his knee and you know came back home and his mom healed it up for him and then kind of taught him how to be like how, how to run in the woods a little better uh be more aware of his surroundings and then the the next one would be when he's like nine ten ish and uh, his mom was just kind of beginning to show him how magic works um and how to like do things properly to where you don't tire yourself out too much and then the last one will be after uh mittens funeral just eating the the quail dinner and so you would notice as you're writing down your father is also writing down he fills up the entire page and then he turns over the paper bird and fills out the entire back of the page as well just kind of silent and somber um you know, there, there's not enough room on this paper bird for all the good memories that he had with his wife. Um, at which point he would, you know, kneel down to you, have you guys say the command words. Both birds take off into the night sky, burning as they go, um, kind of taking their place amongst the stars. As he turns to you, and for the first time in a year, your father looks like he's, he's alright, you know? And uh, he says, come Theron, there's work to do. At which point that memory fades, and you are kind of uh, thrust back into your own mind space. You look around, uh, you see that you're inside the, uh, the tower chamber, um, you see the desk of Luther Ashendale, you see uh, kind of behind him to the side, you, you don't see him, but you can feel him there, you know, like you're now connected somehow. He, uh, he just smiles at you, you see the blood dripping from his mouth, 
Um, you can feel the hot blood dripping on your neck. Um, also, I, I forget if I mentioned this. Take two piercing damage. Okay. Uh, for your character, you know, for obvious reasons. At this point, you would start to feel yourself begin to sweat. You feel your heart begin to race. You kind of get this delirious feeling like you're walking on a cloud. And boom, inverse the other dirty water boys ready for a scrap. And you can hear each one of their heartbeats individually. Um, it's each one sounds as loud as a gong echoing in your ears. You all of a sudden feel that your your mouth is very dry. And uh, as a response to that, you feel yourself begin to drool, like with this hunger. So here we go. Dirty Water Boys, you guys have busted into the room. You see Theron there, two streaks of blood dripping down from his neck. You see Luther Ashendale standing there behind him, triumphant. He would look at you guys kind of gleefully, like the sadistic glee, and he says, You're too late. In another world, Theron would have been my son, and now he will be. For all of time. We roll an initiative? Hell yeah, my dude. Roll that beautiful beam footage. Uh, 13. I also got a 13. I got a 14. A 17. Luther is the first one to react. He would kind of bring his hands out from... Uh, you know, from his side, you'd see these long, kind of yellow, grotesque nails grow out about four inches on each finger. And uh, you would see fangs kind of pop down from his mouth as he goes full vampire mode. His eyes become a shade of red as he uh, approaches and attacks Big Boots. So he comes up, tries to give you two claw attacks. Warding flare reaction. Okay. Uh so, I'm presuming Big Boots is within 30 feet of me, correct? Yep, correct. So, I wanted to talk really quick, Ben. Oh, so, sure. last session, um, I took a second to stay on the roof to cast a spell. Hmm. So, the other two would have got there before me. And also, I have a shorter movement speed. Oh, that's true. Would I be in the room yet, or would I kind of be out of it? Because... I've been thinking for the month of what to do. <laughs> it all depends where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, we'd say uh, this was was it an instantaneous spell or like a ritual cast kind of deal that would take a little time. Um, let me look that up. Um, because I remember yeah. when when Theron messaged, I failed help. Um, Callie and Magna ran right away to help him, and I took a second to cast a spell, and then also I'm a little dude. Uh, one minute. I cast Tiny Servant, which is a one-minute cast time. Okay. Yeah. So then, um, so yeah, then Kalanon and Magna would be there first. So let me re-roll that, and we'll see my, my D2, uh, which, which guy he's coming after. So that would be Kalanon. Kalanon, he's coming after you with his two claw attacks. Again, um, warding, warding Flare. Warding Flare. Remind me what that does. So, Warding Flare... Um, I impose disadvantage on the attack roll. Okie doke. Alright, so it'd be disadvantage on the two unarm well, unarm strike, essentially. Alright, so that would be a 19 and a nat 20. So 19, does that hit? That does not. Alright, and then the other less than that. Yeah, so he tries to uh, slash at you, you know, with his claws. And your warding flare offers just enough light that it makes it... We'll say it makes him recoil. 
and uh, he's unable to connect. Callan will say, Light's a little bright for you, isn't it? Cursed creature. He uh, he just, like, you know, gnashes his teeth at you. He's like vampire fangs. Um, and you are actually next up in initiative with a 17. Oh, nice. Um, so we are going to uh, channel divinity on this. I will use the power of Thebras uh, to use channel divinity to present my holy symbol. What are the hostile creatures in the room? At this point, he is the only hostile creature uh, aside from potentially Theron. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I didn't know if that had happened yet. Um, so he has to take a, make a constitution saving throw as the light radiates from my holy symbol. You would notice as he um, goes to, I mean, out of game, make his constitution saving throw, the amulet that he wears around his neck flashes, grants him advantage on saving throws versus magical effects. Uh, so that would be a 17. Um, okay, so he's going to take half damage then. And is this radiant damage? It is radiant damage. Ooh. So he's going to take 11 radiant damage. All right. Boom shakalaka. He uh, is not a fan of that. <laughs> not uh, into that. Yeah. He uh, visibly recoils, kind of hisses as you see his skin start to boil a little bit. Daddy don't like. Indeed. Uh, after we'll Kalanon. see at the end of this who's really daddy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after Kalanon, it's Kala dad got, instead uh, of Kala mom now. <laughs> oh hell yeah. Uh, then we got Theron. Theron, start of your turn. I want you to make a wisdom saving throw. Okay. Six. Six. Alright, so um, your character having traveled with the Dirty Water Boys and gone through so much with them, um, you don't outright become a hostile. At this point, your character is just neutral. You know? Kind I of have like, no strong feelings whatsoever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but you, you feel your heart continue to race, um, you know, faster than it's ever been. You get, you keep these cold sweats. You feel your hands start to shake a little bit. Your palms get sweaty. Your knees are weak. <laughs> little palm yeah. on my sweater. Yeah, exactly. Reminiscent of Tyria's spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you find yourself just immobilized there, kind of stuck between this vampiric hunger like that, that you need to fulfill versus your loyalty to the party. Heck yeah. After Theron, we have Magna. Okay. Uh, so it's just the vampire in there, right? Yep, yep, just okay. Luther. It's just the legendary vampire. Yeah, it's just him. <laughs> All right, well, Magna's going to go in for a, for a hammer swing. Heck yeah, it's hammer time. Hammer time. Uh, 24. 24 hits. Awesome. Go roll that damage. Ooh, got the big boy swing out today. Uh, nine. Nine damage? All right. Yep. And that's magical, right? Magical damage? Uh, no, that's bludgeoning. Okay. You didn't do your shocking whatever on it? Oh, uh, no, I forgot about that. I mean, we could hand wave it if you want to. Okay, yeah, then we'll do that then. Yeah. Yeah, I got to feel generous, you know. <laughs> Feeling what, generous. What's it called? Uh, Thunderous Smite. That's it. Uh, six. All right. So fifteen total. Yep. Excellent. And then Magna will go in for another swing. Good deal. With your extra attack. Yeah. All right. Go ahead and roll it, fella. 
15? 15 hits. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, do you say 15? Yeah, 1-5. Fif- 15 is a miss. Uh. Yes, yeah, so we see you smack him with the hammer. He takes a step back and just barely misses the uh, the second attack here. Um, it's like it whizzes, like whiffs right in front of his face enough to throw his hair off a little. Shit! I was say, if this guy hits at a 15, I'm much less afraid of him. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, after Magna, we have Big Boots. Where am I at, then? Am so I still on the point, roof? Am I running towards the thing? At this point, you would be uh, about 10 feet away in the hallway outside of the room. Do, can I see old uh, Fangbro? Uh, if you move 10 feet, then you'd be in the doorway and you could see him. Yep. Okay. Can I see into the room at least? Not from where you're at, because it's a hallway and then the doorway that leads into the room. Okay. So you're I'm... like 10, 10 feet down the hallway. I'm gonna. I have my tiny servant of the Tide Pond Bomb. I'm gonna put him on the ground. Tell can I telepathically tell him. I'm gonna actually put him on my javelin because I have like six javelins I've never fucking used. I'm gonna <laughs> throw it as close to the door as I can get. Stick it into the wall and have him jump down. Telepathically say, "Get in there. Try to get the amulet." And then I'm gonna run back up to the roof. All right. Um, so, what does this tiny servant look like? Uh, it's a tide, the little Tide Pod bombs that you gave us a couple episodes ago, and you just got little arms and legs, just kind of like. Oh, sweet! <laughs> Imagining like those big anime eyes too. Oh, of course, like, yeah. <laughs> when he when he gets aroused, he gets a bloody nose. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, he. Uh, so you throw. So go ahead and make an attack roll on the javelin. On the wall. All right. <laughs> Just make sure it sticks in, right? Uh, that's gonna be a total of with um, a th- I I almost never throw a weapon. What do I add to throwing weapons? That is dexterity. Okay, dexterity mod. All right, uh, this could be a total of seventeen. Seventeen, yeah. So it sticks in the door right where you were aiming. Tide Pod guy looks at you and uh, his big anime eyes. He uh, just gives you a smile, salutes. Oh, it could be the peace sign. <laughs> oh, the peace sign. Yes. Heck yeah. He does the peace sign and then he goes in for like a bah, like flexing it out, you know? Awesome. And uh, runs into the room. So the, the, everyone in the room would be able to see this little Tide Pod with like wiry arms and legs, almost cartoonish, uh, making his way over and he jumps up on the chest of, uh, of Luther. As Luther looks down, just kind of in shock, like, what in the world are you? Mm-hmm. Um, also, because it says I communicate telepathically with a thing. Um, if it if he fails, just blow up right away. <laughs> Self destruct. Yeah. And then, <laughs> um, and then I'm going to. Uh, I still have Moxie. I'm going to jump on Moxie to get to the roof as quick as possible. Excellent. Yeah. So while you're zooming to the roof, telepathically you'd be connected with this thing. Jumps up on Luther's chest. Luther looks down at it. Says, "What on earth are you?" And it says, "Your worst nightmare." <laughs> he net 20 to save against it so he's going to take half damage of the 46 fire damage okay do you want me to roll that or are you roll that would you like to yeah sure all right that's total four plus five nine nine total nine excellent so half of that uh excellent yeah so um so the little tide pod uh <laughs> kamikaze explodes all this Tide Potty goodness spread spread all around the room. Um, everyone would be able to see that everyone in the room would be able to see the amulet has kind of a crack in it where this black light is coming out. Like it damaged the amulet a bit. 
Uh, Luther is not too thrilled at this point. His hair is singed, kind of standing straight up. And, he's like, uh, uh, he's Harry from Home Alone when he gets electrocuted. <laughs> exactly, yeah. He he looks pretty pissed. Like, uh, oh, yeah, this isn't going how I planned. You know, sick them, get them. So that, is, so we're now back to the baddie. He uh, orders Theron to attack the dirty water boys. Theron, I want you to make another wisdom saving throw. Okay. Eight. Eight. Do you have inspiration at all? I do not. Uh, so Theron, you would feel uh, these claws start to kind of grow out from your nails. Um, yeah. You would feel a secondary set of teeth develop and come down into, you know, so you got like the classic vampire teeth. And yeah. uh, for this next turn, then you're going to be a an adversary to the party. And I'll, I'll tell you like damage and stuff, what that is when the time comes, if you hit people. Okay. Um, so at this point, you know, he has ordered you to do his bidding. Luther is going to use his shape changer ability. Um, he is going to turn into a medium sized wolf. Um, so you'd see his, his flesh kind of start to meld and contort and move around, bones kind of sticking out uh, in different places um, until he's the size of a wolf. But, you know, being the this ancient head vampire, very powerful. He's kind of more the size of a dire wolf, you know, so like, like a large-sized wolf kind of deal. Razor-sharp claws, mouth dripping with uh, what looks like froth and foam. Is he still, like, wearing the outfit? Literally the outfit <laughs> is torn off of him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Amulet's like, still on? Yeah. Yeah, the amulet's okay. just like very tight around his neck now. It's like a yeah. collar. Exactly. Um, but he, he essentially hulks out, and it's not, not safe for work, so he keeps his pants. <laughs> <laughs> he gets the Hulk treatment, so he keeps his pants on. Exactly. Stretchy pants. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he um, he's still able to communicate as a wolf um, in common, and uh he says, well, now let's see how, you know, how evenly matched we are, servants of the light. And he goes to bite Magna. Uh, oh, no! Radiant Flare. Radiant Flare? All right, so disadvantage on the roll. That is going to be a 17. Uh, AC is 18, so that's a miss. All right, good. <laughs> I'm kind of rooting for you here, you know? He uh, <sighs> He goes to bite you, and he clamps down on you. But it hits the armor like there's nowhere that punctures you, you know? So it feels like someone just squeezed you a little bit, and then he releases. Magnus see- squeaking sound. <laughs> 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 totally. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. And that's him. Kalanon, you had a 17, so you are indeed up next. All right. Um, so I'm going to look at um, the now grotesque uh, creature. And I'm going to cast Guiding Bolt at third level. So it is a ranged spell attack, though. So I do have to make a roll. Uh, Does an 18 hit? Yes, sir. We're going to roll that damage, my dude. That's 23 radiant damage. Excellent. Oh, mama. Hachi machi. I mean, daddy, apparently. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Yeah, I'm built a, for this. What can I say? <laughs> so that, that's a good hit. We'll say it hits him right in the ribs and uh, burns away like a huge chunk of his fur, kind of even blistering his flesh as he lets out a howl. After Kalanon, now we have Theron. So where am I at in relation to the other people? 
So you'd be within 10 feet of everybody in the room. Okay. I'm assuming Theron's kind of just like a raging animal almost at this point and is just going to attack like whatever is closest to him. So I'll just roll a d6. We'll say four through six is Kalanon and one through three is Magna. Sounds good. It's a six. So it's going to be Kalanon. So I'm going to, you know, just run and just jump at Kalanon with my now weird claw things and fangs. Totally. Yeah, so the uh, as far as the claws go, that would be a strength-based attack, so it'd be proficiency mod plus your strength modifier to uh, to attack him. And you get two of those. Okay. Alright, so the first attack, nat one. And the second attack, also a nat one. <laughs> the fuck? Actually, I'm switching dice. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> you keep those No, guys. no, I am against you guys now. I have to switch dice. <laughs> uh, so Kalanon's taken aback from this, obviously. Just, I could probably could have used Warding Flare, but like, I, di- I didn't, I didn't honestly expect Theron to attack me. Do, do I still get my multi-attack? <clears throat> Uh, so this is kind of taking the place of that. Okay, that's. I just wanted to double check. Alrighty, Theron. Well, in that case, Theron. that would be me. <laughs> All right, Theron. What? What are you doing? <sighs> so thirsty. Give him some water. Yeah, <laughs> water. <laughs> water. Oh, all right, Brad. From <laughs> heck yeah. Um, so ab- after Theron whiffing it on both hits. Uh, then we got Magna next. So Magna, you are right up on Luther. All right. So uh, Magna's now gonna, in his wolf form. Magna's gonna summon out uh, Silverthorn real quick. Fuck yeah! I was hoping to yeah. come into this. <laughs> and uh, aside from me, is there anybody else that's within like five feet of him? Uh, at this point, no. You'd be only the only person within five feet of him. Okay. Because he, when he attacks, he gets a uh, advantage as long as with a uh, pack tactics, he gets an advantage on an attack. Heck yeah. So yeah, you'd be able to give him advantage then. Cool. Alright. So uh, he's going to go in for a swing. 17. 17 hits. Uh, 7 damage. Was that a bite or a slash? Uh, That was a bite. Okay. It was a caress. (laughs) (laughs) Psychic damage. (laughs) (laughs) They will say with the the bite and stuff, it's like trying to go for his neck, you know? Kind of like how predators do. Mm Mm-hmm. He's able to draw a little bit of blood from around the neck. Um, just, just taking a second to soak in the weirdness of this fight. There was a <laughs> sentient bomb that blew up. Then the vampire turned into a wolf. And then a person summoned a lion from out of nowhere from his mind to fight. This fight is cool. d is awesome. So the lion bites around his neck. Luther just kind of like gnashes his teeth angrily. Looks like uh, foam, almost like rabies, kind of dripping, snarling around everywhere. It's like a full-on cat fight of sorts. <laughs> uh, after Magna, we have Big Boots. Mind the roof yet? Yes. So on on the, the flying carpet, you make it to the roof. You would see, you know, the storm start to like rumble above the city as lightning kind of starts to build. It's not quite raining yet, but it's definitely like, like pre- pre-thunderstorm, like the one that, you know, flooded the place when you guys were on the way in, like that level of severe thunderstorm, br- a okay. Bruin. Um, I'm going to get on the sigil that I drew when we first landed. I'm going to pop back to Omaruktal. 
All right. So I need an arcana check. Is that what it was? Yep, arcana. Total of 11. What was the save? Was it 10? I believe it was 10, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So you pop over the Omo Rukatal. You see them. uh, You you, you pop right inside the, the old dwarven chamber. There's a couple of goblins there. Looks like they're scrounging for pieces of dust and bone. You know, their hand, like little goblin hands are full. And uh, they look at you and drop everything and all the bones clack on the ground. They're like, oh, sir, we didn't know you'd be gracing us with your presence today. What is the occasion? Is there a birthday? Uh, if birthday is stabbing an evil vampire, then happy birthday, boys. Hallelujah. Uh, I need you to grab as many as you can to come in this room right meow. They run off. Um, well, I should say there's two of them there. One of them runs off. The other says, uh, sir, I, I regret to say I must stay behind. We're getting ready for our annual beauty pageant. <laughs> are you are you judging or are you participating? Oh, I'm not fancy enough to be one of the judges, sir. Every year we call in one uh, one of the, the famous monster judges from around the world. Uh, more on that later. I am very... Why am I doing goblin voice? Uh, more. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a day. It's been a day. Uh, more, more on that later, for sure. I am very interested. Um, but yeah, do do what you gotta do. Get gussied up. You know, I. I what's your name? Snot thruster. It's gobble thumper. Gobble thumper. See you. I, I get you guys all confused. I'm sorry. There's so many. There's like eight hundred thousand of you at this point. That's canon. There's eight hundred thousand of you. Um, <laughs> uh, I get you all confused. I'm sorry. Uh, but I wish you luck. As much thanks. We're we're very excited this year to announce a new judge. Oh yeah, oh yeah, who's the judge? We were able to book Simon Drowell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> British accent, kind of a snob. Very much a snob, but an expert at his craft. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, don't sing uh, anything by Ricky Martin. He doesn't like that. Ricky who? Um, uh, is anyone here named William Hung? That's an outdated reference. I don't know if anyone's going to get that. <laughs> I remember him, but I, I remember the guy, but not the situation. <laughs> I remember they made such a big deal about the situation, you know? Mm, a, um, a nerdy Asian guy that could not sing, hor- like he sang horribly, then he got a record deal for singing horribly, like as oh. a meme. <laughs> Dreams do come true. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well... Um, the, uh, the other goblin makes it back. He has six goblins with him, armed to the teeth with teeth. Okay, uh, good enough. Omurukata all the way back. It's very good. Good luck, sir. Uh, you too, and I, I, I gently just caress his cheek. And he says, uh, just remember, boys, and the other six goblins look over. He says, flex on them haters. Oh, hell yeah, dude. You're definitely gonna win. All right. <laughs> they, they, like, whip themselves up into a battle frenzy in anticipation of, you know, kicking some ass. Um, if I believe it's not a check to make it back to the direct spot, right? The last spot you're at is a, a freebie? Yep. Okay. Yep, so the check is if you want to go anywhere other than the last spot that you were at. Right back on top of the roof. Heck yeah. Roof. As you make it there, uh, you see a shadow-cloaked figure uh, kind of kneeling down. Looks like he's rummaging his way through a backpack. Uh, what you doing there, cowboy? The, the, the figure turns around and you see Tarek. He's like, I received your message. Where's my son? Where's uh, Theron? He's inside. Uh, we'll get there quick. Um, I'm going to... I have a scroll of clairvoyance. 
I want to roughly from where I'm at on the roof figure out where that room is, and like I want to be directly on top of it. Excellent. Yes, that room is like a like a tower almost, kind of a, a pointed roof though uh, of sorts. So yeah, you'd be able to clairvoyance. Like you would know exactly where it's at. I'm like going to be able to put, point it out. I'm going to put my two remaining Tide Pod bombs on the roof and try to collapse the ceiling onto. Uh, the bat, big bad. Excellent. Now, are you like doing another javelin throw uh, to, to get him there? How are you getting him there? I, I guess I'll just crawl up eventually. I don't know. However far, however long it takes, I'll just crawl up. <laughs> All right. That'll be an athletics roll. Okay. Total of five. Five. All right. So as soon as you start crawling, you, uh, you, you know, it starts to rain um, and you slip and about you lose your footing before. Tarek grabs your hand. You know, he's like a pretty well-built average-sized human being, you being a gnome. Kind of pulls you back up like a to- like like as if you were a toddler and places you back on the roof where you, you know, you put the sigil and uh, he says, "Maybe best if we just go inside. We- mm. Time is of the essence." Uh, okay, I wanted something cool. Yeah, but uh, fair point. All right. Then <laughs> he uh scrambles his way down down the uh, the ladder and down the hall. At this point, you know, all, all that was kind of happening. That would take a couple of rounds here for all that to get put together. Uh, so I think it's more uh, than a couple of rounds. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I got I got yeah. I'm going to be honest. That's like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> teleport. I mean, what, grab what some people. Like, teleport back. Round is like six seconds. Round is right? six seconds. Okay. It's yeah. like a round so and like, a half. <laughs> <laughs> so what would that what would that be like? Six, 60 rounds? Something to that effect. <laughs> In reality, I guess it just—I guess it just—it just, it just what you determine each thing he did. If it's an action or a bonus action, like using clairvoyance, teleporting. Yeah, that's an action. That's an action. Yeah. Travel time. No. Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> the battle's over. You guys are mopping up at this point. Like I brought you, back up. <laughs> we're all—we're all vampires now. It's like, yeah, welcome. <laughs> So yeah, Big Boots, you're going to be absent for the next couple rounds here, at least. That's fine. Yeah, because <laughs> um, you're you're doing your thing, which which they have no idea what I'm doing. I just like never came to the room with them. <laughs> they just dug <dunked> out. <laughs> you don't even know that there's a big wolf in the lion. So uh, Luther is going to try and make a bite attack and then a claw attack against what was his name? Silverfang. Silverthorn. Yeah. Silverthorn. Yeah. So bite attack. <laughs> Claw attack. Okay. Bite is 18. Claw is 15. Uh, I'm sorry. Bite is 21. Claw is 15. Uh, Those both hit. Armor class is 12. Okay. All right. Uh, That would be 8 damage on the bite. Okay. Plus 7 necrotic damage. Okay. And then for the claw attack, that is... That would be another 8 damage, slashing. Okay. Plus 14 more necrotic damage. And the lion's gone. <laughs> oh. I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I wasn't going to save Silverthorn. And the lion despawned. That's uh, all. Uh, better, the, <laughs> yeah. better your you know ethereal creature you can summon again than you. Yeah. Right. But yeah, he pretty much just rips him to shreds. There's like, 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 like a chew toy. Exactly. <laughs> squeak. <laughs> a little squeaker. <laughs> but uh, at this point, there's like blood and foam and spittle 
you know, dripping from the mouth of, uh, of Luther. And he looks over at, um, you know, he looks over at Magna, full, like, bloodlust mode. What? You get the feeling he's not going to be pulling any punches from here on out in this fight. I'd like, be disappointed is... if, I, if, if, if I'd be disappointed otherwise. Yeah, like the whole maybe I can turn them to my side. Nope. He he got the one he wanted, you know. Uh, so after him is Kalanon. He got the one he wanted. No. I'm over here. Uh, guiding bolt, gotcha. fourth level. <laughs> Excellent. Ooh, big boy pants over here. Twenty-six. That hits. Damn. Um, that's 28 radiant damage. Perfect. Alright, so uh, yeah, your guiding bolt strikes him once again. This time, ripping through the flesh. Kind of that same boiling hairless spot that you hit before rips through his flesh. You see blood start to trickle out on the ground. You get the feeling it probably broke a few ribs as uh, you know, he lets out like a loud howl and then says, help me my brothers! They're overtaking me! At which point, uh, you'd hear lightning start to strike off in the distance, out kind of beyond the, you know, through the window and whatnot. Uh, after Kalanon, we have Theron. Theron, I want you to make a wisdom saving throw. Okay. Eleven. Eleven? Okay, so you're still evil, Theron. Okay, um, so I guess I'm gonna go ahead and go at Kalanon again, since he's, you know, right in front of me. Alright. So we'll go one claw. Uh, no. How many of those you got? How many, how many of those do I have left? Your warden, warding flare. Warding flare, I have a few left. So that, what, you're using that gives me disadvantage? No, I'm not going to use that one. Oh, I'm, okay. Right now, I'm trusting your terrible rolls, your terrible strength oh. score. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> no, that is that is the only thing. Um, I got 18 on my first one. No. Okay. And seven on the second one. Uh, close, but no. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It's like you just can't land a hit. Uh, <laughs> as, as you're swinging at him with your claws, we'll say kind of, you know, interspersed are these memories of you guys, you know, having mashed potatoes together, being in the palace of Indiglis, being there for the fall of uh, Branda Dalder, you know, your, your your god missions, like, all this stuff is kind of coming up, all these memories with Kalanon, and you just can't quite seem to connect your, your strikes, you know? He also, now that you, you're kind of going, you know, vampire mode, uh, you see him as, like, like, his aura is just emanating light, which is almost one of those things, you almost can't even hit him, because it's like, you're almost trying to block his, his glow, with uh, with one hand, you know, because he's just uh, at this point the most abhorrent thing you've ever seen uh, to a vampire, at least. <laughs> uh, after Theron, we have Magna. All right, uh, so Magnus is gonna go in with a hammer uh, hammer swing onto the vampire wolf boy. Now, okay, nineteen, nineteen hits. Awesome, and I'll also activate thunderous smite. 11 damage for the bludgeoning, and then 7 for the uh, radiant damage. Heck yeah. Uh, 7? Yep. And Um, then I'm going to use my bonus action to activate uh, Shield of Faith 
Uh, a shivering field appears and surrounds a creature of your choice within range, granting it a plus two bonus to AC for the duration. Uh, so I'm gonna choose. Uh, I'm gonna Caladon. Excellent. You're giving me a a, a what? A, a shiver. Uh, uh, basically, you get a. Uh, Plus two. Yeah, I know. To AC. Uh, a shimmering field uh, appears and surrounds a creature of your choice within range. I already feel invincible. You do know this, right? Like, as we've been going throughout this battle, I've been getting increasingly cockier. And you're just, you're fueling my ego. For, how I see it is the, the more durable our healer is, the less likely I'm going to die. <laughs> he's, not, <laughs> he's not healing. He's healer. top dealer of damage right now. I'm off having a tea party with the <laughs> goblins, and you guys are kicking ass. Like, I wanted to feel like I was doing something other than swinging a hammer, so let me <laughs> That's okay, I'm just trying to use Kalanon as a scratch post. That's called character <laughs> development, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Kalanon, you feel a little more beefed up than you already were. A little more agile, a little harder to hit. Uh, after Magna, we ha- so Big Boots, we'll say this is where you make it to the roof. And you cast the sigil that takes you to the goblin place. So that that should have happening. been last turn. Last turn. Yeah. Oh, right. But okay, because he flew up there, right on the yeah. carpet. Yeah. You said I got there last turn, so I should have at least casted it last turn, right? Okay. Yeah. So we'll say at this point, then you're you're there at the Omorutal clan clan, um, and you've just sent the message for them to go muster up some goblins to, uh, for a, for a scrap. So, round resets. At this point, it is Luther's turn. Um, answering his call, entering the room are two vampire spawn. Alright, so, two spawn enter, completely <clears throat> subservient to their master. At this point, Luther is going to try and do another bite, and then a claw. Claw attack versus Magna. Uh, so, Magna. Uh, warding attack. Flare. There it is. Bite attack with disadvantage. Oof. Lower one is a 17, plus the bonus, that's a 26 to hit. That still hits. Alright, so this bite is doing seven piercing damage and then seven more necrotic damage. Owie! Uh, so, the claw attack disadvantaged. That is a... That's a good thing. I rolled a nat 20 and a 7. So that'd be 16 to hit, uh, Magna? Yeah, what's your armor class? 18. 18? Okay, yeah. yeah. So the second one, claw attack just kind of glances off the armor. Uh, no big. Next up, we have Kalanon. I don't know why he's attacking Magna. It's right in front of him. I I know, but like, I just, I just are your so feelings hurt? Underappreciated, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> the gall, the disrespect. <laughs> oh, Am well. I nothing to you? He'll he'll learn eventually. Um. So the spawn that come in, what are they? So one is an elf, the other is a human. Uh, they have red eyes, the teeth, they got the claws already drawn, ready to go. Um, essentially, vampire spawn, you, you get the feeling they're like weaker version of, of a vampire, you know? They haven't been around as long, they haven't feasted on as much blood. Uh, do they classify as undead? Yes, they do. Okay. So I'm going to present my holy symbol. Okay. Speaking in a prayer to censor the undead. Each undead that I can that can see or hear me within 30 feet must make a wisdom saving throw. That includes Luther. 
All right, so Luther's wisdom saving throw. That would be a 19. The spawn, I got a nat 1 and a 2 on the spawn. Yeah, well, Luther was rolling with advantage, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Yes. You know, once again, you'd see his amulet kind of flare. Like yeah, I know. I, I hit that thing with with quite a might after it was cracked. Anyways. so and who cracked it? <laughs> and first then, of all. Yeah. A sentient Tide Pod. Yes. Yeah, a sentient Tide Pod. Um, anyways. A turned creature must spend its turn trying to move as far away from me as possible as it can. It can't willingly move into a space within 30 feet. Um, it also can't take reactions. For its turn, it can only use the dash, dash action to escape uh, from the effect that expect, uh, prevents it from moving. Uh, if there's nowhere, the creature can use the dodge action. So, this is for one minute. So, uh, at that point, you, know, you show your holy symbol, this bright light flares out, you would hear the pitter-patter of vampire spawn feet taking off opposite directions down the hallway, just noping the hell out of there. He's got a shiny thing. Run. Run <laughs> <Basically>. away. <laughs> they run approximately 60 feet away as they just get the flip out of there. Yeah, I'm going to then take my symbol after it's as it's slowly like dimming um, and point it towards Luther and, and uh, say, I think you're barking up the wrong tree over there. Why don't you come <laughs> over here and try mine? I like cocky Kalanon. <laughs> <laughs> Try his tree. <laughs> He's going to just respond across the room. He like glares at you, still kind of bleeding out from the wound you gave him. Um, he says, you think such common parlor tricks will have any effect on me? Boy, once I'm done assaulting your cur here, I'll come and rip your throat out. Do not think of me as some conjurer of cheap tricks. <laughs> is is Kalanon <laughs> Escanor now? <laughs> I'm not Eskinor. I'm not Eskinor. That's that's a Gandalf reference because I'm. No, I don't I'm know. Thinking like the cockiness Gand- and the brighter he oh, gets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the white. Heck yeah! Um, so after Kalanon, we have the the spawn. The spawn. They at this point they're they're gonna dash far enough away out where they're out of, effectively out of initiative, slot because they're not gonna come back while that light is flashing. At the same time, though, two more would bust in through the window. Uh, behind Luther, they would also see the light. They're blinded by the light, revved up like a deuce. Another runner in the night? Two more runners in the night, exactly. So they turn into uh, like a bat form, and they just poof right on out of there, right back out from where they came. Um, at this point, Luther, you would see him kind of turn around, kind of like a, like a sadistic grin on his wolf face as the two bash in through the window, and then they leave, and he turns around, and Magna, you'd be able to see him look a little bit threatened a little bit frightened as the, the looks like the, for him the cavalry's not coming time to kick your ass even more let's see theron you are up next okay go ahead and make a wisdom uh, saving throw already there we go uh it's gonna be 19 19 okay so uh you kind of these memories start flooding back even more um to the point where you almost see it right in front of you these different experiences you've had with Kalanon. Uh, and the rest of the dirty water boys, um, your claws kind of dripping with this black poison, this necrotic kind of filth, you know, it's undead unholiness. You are able to control yourself for a moment and lower your hands to your side. 
uh, mouth still dry. You know, you at this point, you can hear Kalanon's heart beating so loud that it's like a gong in your ears. That's all you can hear. You can't hear anything else. It's just the, the boom, 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 boom of his heartbeat. But for the moment, you're able to gain control of yourself. How do you want to act this turn? So, like, I'm kind of mentally here. Exactly. Then, okay. I think what I would do, turn towards Luther and just uh, attempt to, like, run at him. Probably pull out my hand axe and just attempt to, like, jump at him and bury it into the spot where I see where he's wounded. Slash distance myself away from Kalanon a little bit. Excellent. So you're able to full-on Darth Vader this, turn on your master, go ahead and make the attack roll with your axe. 22. 22 hits. 18 damage. Excellent. Um, He's not looking too good. I mean, you bury your axe right in that fresh wound uh, before it can start to regenerate at all. And, uh, I mean, your axe is deep in there to the point where you need both hands to pull it out, wrench it out from him. He turns and looks at you and his eyes are blood red. Now, from the other members of the party, you hear, like, their beating hearts, like, super, like, loud. You know, like, it's right there in your ear like a drum. Uh, from him, you just hear silence. So, at this point, kind of cutscene-like, you guys would hear, everyone would be able to hear lightning strikes outside. You would hear what sounds like a big calamitous boom come from out in the hallway like up where the tower was at where you guys landed and then entering you know, running dashing into the room you would see Tarek there bow drawn kind of like one of these radiant arrows ready to go and Tarek just stops and pauses for a moment as he sees this axe you know buried in Luther's gut he sees his son there in front of the wolf Kalanon you would be able to kind of hear him mutter under his breath he says uh, not again Never again. I will save you. And uh, at this point, Tarek is also there with an initiative slot. And Big Boots is there too. Yeah. And Big Boots, yeah. <laughs> well, um, he's probably not going to need it though. This guy's very low on hit points. Don't do anything foolish, old man. He would turn to you and be like, call an old. I'm only 53. So he is there. Uh, Magna, you are up next. Yeah, Magna's going to go for another swing. With his hammer. Fuck. Nine. Nine's a miss. Yeah. Alright. Uh, then he's gonna, he's gonna try again. Hey! 24. That'll get there. Yep. Eight damage. Okay. Very good. Um, that's all I've got. Alright. Uh, after Magna, uh, we have Big Boots. So Where Big Boots, at? at this point, you would be just entering the room behind Tarek. Uh, I brought back up, guys. Uh, and the six goblins are right behind you with their, like, jawbone swords and, like, their cudgels and stuff. They're ready to kick some ass. Who's... What's what's the wolf? Who's the wolf? What accent do you have that you can't say wolf correctly? Wolf. Okay. <laughs> what? How'd I say it? Wolf. 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 What's a wolf? Wolf. Yeah, what's a, a wolf? wolf? What's, what's, what's Who's a, a wolf? He's a wolf. What is a wolf? It's wabbit season. <laughs> <laughs> wolf season. <laughs> wabbit season. See, you're making fun of me. That's all getting cut out. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not going to put that at the That's end? That's the power of pine salt. <laughs> <laughs> 
Who's the wolf? <laughs> no, no one's gonna tell me who who the weird beastie boy is. No. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, is it Mike I'm, D? <laughs> <laughs> it's a Beastie Boys reference. Rover in sight. Can I kill Roll the? Can I kill the wolfy thing? <laughs> that's uh, that's Luther. By all means. All right, uh, sick em, boys, and then I'm also going to uh, cast some sort of spell at it. What spells do I have? <laughs> I don't fucking know. I don't fucking cure light wounds. Uh, uh, char yeah. Charm person, no. Uh, let's just do charm uh, person, please, please charm the wolf. <laughs> let's I, just do. Uh, let's get him with a uh, with a dissonant bone. whispers. Four d six psychic damage. Wisdom saving throw. Alright, wisdom. That is a nat 20, so that'd be a 27. Uh, it's not gonna get there. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Alright, <laughs> so it'll take half damage, um, and then he won't be, uh, won't be afraid and shit, right? Yeah. Eight. One total, so half that would be 10. Alright. Yeah, at this point, he, uh, you, you see blood start to come out from his ears. As he uh, tries to shake it off and be like, "No, no, I will not be overtaken. No." Can, can you can you do it with a wolf voice? Maybe a wolf accent. <laughs> I will not be overtaken, yeah. <laughs> 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 say no, no, to your decent whisper, with decent whispers. <laughs> a wolf accent, not a Wolfenstein accent. Dinga dinga Durgan. But uh, so round resets. We're back to Luther. He is going to try and attack Theron at this point, having seen you. This is a, a failed venture. A person that should have been his boy. Uh, so we have a bite attack. Boom. Hold on one second. Warding flare. All right. So I got a fourteen and a sixteen on the dice. So that would be a twenty-three. First your armor class. I'm going to also use uh, cutting word. So minus four to that also. It's 23, 19. 19 hit. That's going to hit. We did everything we could, Alec. <laughs> we, we did. Honestly. <laughs> bite looks like it is going to be six damage on the bite. Plus ten more necrotic damage. And then he's going to try and slash you. So he has disadvantage in this attack as well. That Oh, holy shit. That is a double nat 20. Okay. That's going to hit. Yeah. Uh, I kid you not. I'm not just being like a shit eater here. I actually rolled two 20s. I mean, I rolled two uh, ones earlier, so. <laughs> yeah. Theron, you are taking nine slashing damage and uh, 36 necrotic damage. Oh, I'm down. <laughs> I am, you're I am, you're I down? Am down? Yeah, I'm down. Balls. Uh, That's all right. I had, I had 41 at the start of this attack that you just did just now so woof <laughs> kind of intended <laughs> okay after Luther we have Tarek Tarek so Kalanon you're standing right next to him Big Boots you as well you'd be able to see like his jaw drop and just kind of a look of like absolute confusion and disbelief as he sees his son fall to the ground he's gonna draw his bow shoot it right at the uh, the wolf's neck, right by where the necklace is, and then <laughs> it explodes it. 
uh, with radiant damage. And what it does, it's going to blow the necklace off around him. Because really, it's just a chain holding the amulet. You know, the amulet's the magic thing. The chain you can get at the dollar store. Um, or the, the copper piece store. Um, <laughs> so uh, it blows it across the room. And it lands right in front of... Uh, we'll say right in front of Kalanon here. Just boom! The amulet's right there at your feet. Just dropped right on the ground. The, the chain is kind of broken and seared on the edges. At this point, Luther looks over, and he's got this genuine look of panic on his face. So that's Tarek. Uh, Kalanon, it is your turn, my dude. This amulet's right in front of me. It looks like it's got a few more cracks in it from the force yeah. of that radiant damage arrow. How, how I'm going to respond is going to look at him, look at Luther, look at uh, Theron, look at Luther, visibly snarl a bit, and run towards Theron, all the while dragging my left foot to kick the amulet as far away from Luther as possible. All right. So, uh, yeah, you kick the amulet. It's about 15 feet away as it kind of, you know, clinks against the wall. And you go up to uh, to, to Theron. What do you do? Uh, I'm going to cast uh, Cure Light... Cure, sorry, Cure Wounds at third level. 25. Really? What did you yeah. roll? Like eight, uh, seven, seven? No, 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 no. Two, two sevens and a six. Plus five. Plus five. Pretty so that's four, 14, 20, 25. I, oh. Yeah, not too shabby. All right, yeah. So uh, Theron, Theron springs up and he's got a boner and he's ready to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like his morning ritual. <laughs> yep. No, but uh, yes, you're prone on the ground, kind of bleeding out. Your eyes open, big deep breath in, and uh, you see Kalanon standing right above you, uh, having just healed you. Hey, 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 Kalanon. Now's a little, the wrong time to be taking a nap, don't you think? I, I was, I was really tired. I'm tired of your bullshit. Get up. <laughs> at this point, now we're at Theron. Theron, how do you react? Uh, well, I'm gonna get up first off and like as I get up I'm just gonna kind of pull my bow out since I left my hand axe buried in Wolfenstein over there it's and still there I'm by the way it's like actively gushing out shoot my bow kind of like in the area where I left the axe I'm gonna cast Hunter's Mark as a bonus action first attack 29 no hit. 15 on the first alright so Real quick, so your arrow strikes uh, deeper into his wolf hide, or the remains of his wolf hide here. At this point, um, Luther lets out kind of a wheeze, like a <laughs> You see him start to dissolve into a, uh, a cloud of mist, kind of just uh, like Thanos at the end of Endgame, just kind of slides out into a cloud of mist, kind of like makes his way, like, makes his, like, flies his way out the window uh, frantically in the space of about two seconds. Just like very quick, like whew, straight out of there. With my second attack, can I shoot the amulet? Yes. Yeah, go ahead and make that attack roll. Okay. 15. That'll hit. And 12 damage. All right. First shot hits Luther. Second shot, you pull back. The amulet's kind of right up against the wall where Kalanon kicked it last turn. Arrow strikes it right in the corner as this explosive burst of necromantic energy kind of pulses out of it. Um, I need everyone to make a wisdom saving throw. Right. 11. So it's a 
It's a DC 15. Uh, if you save, you take 6 damage. If you fail, you take 13 damage. Okay. Uh, that I is necrotic, necrotic damage, I should clarify. I'm taking 6. I'm taking 13. I'm taking 6 damage as well. What'd you get, Magda? Uh, I, I took the full 13. <laughs> I, I got a 22 on the save. <laughs> yeah, it's not too shabby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you'd see this kind of smoke start to uh, billow, not billow, but smoke starts kind of wisp out of the amulet. And for the first time in months, as you look out the window, you see the clouds part, the storm departs, and the sun shines down in the town of Caitlin. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm jumping in real quick here to do the plugs and announcements. I'm going to be quick um, because my wisdom teeth are killing me. So, yeah, really cool. We have a sponsor. Um, you can go to anvil.co, A-N-V-L.co, and get custom mini D&D minis. Uh, you can make a fucking wizard, barbarian, human, whatever the fuck you want. Make it a custom one. Get a sword. Get a shield. You know, do whatever you want. You can do... You can have them print it off and make it for you, or you can also download the file and 3D print it yourself at home if you have a 3D printer. Really cool. I want to thank Anvil for sponsoring us. And when you go to checkout, you can use our coupon code LLTOT, L-L-T-O-T, to get 10% off your total order. It helps us a little bit, and it saves you money. So again, that's Anvil.co for all your D&D custom miniature needs, and use coupon code L-L-T-O-T. Another quick little announcement. Uh, most of the music for this episode uh, was made by the Fun Butt from the Make Fun Network. Uh, Erez Big Laser. Want to thank you to him so much. Uh, I asked him to make it. He did it up right away. It was awesome. It kind of fit the tone. I'm really, really happy with how it turned out. Thank you, Erez. And uh, Patreon shout out. Want to give it to Cassidy Finn. Thank you so much, Cassidy, for supporting us on the Patreon. Uh, so if you want to become a Patreon supporter, you can go to patreon.com slash lost sleep. Uh, you can get bonus episodes, Patreon shoutouts here, like in the episode. Uh, you can get Discord privileges. You can play D&D with us, a whole bunch of stuff. So please, if you feel like supporting us, go to patreon.com slash lost sleep. Uh, I have a new podcast in the works. It should be out within the month. So follow my personal Twitter and Instagram if you want to keep up to date with that. It's hey yo Logan Vo, all one word, to give you a little hint of what it's about. If you're a fan of Japanese kaiju movies, this might be the podcast for you. So keep an eye out there. Uh, you can follow Sterling on his Twitch at twitch.tv slash chaoticgoodmage. He does cooking on Saturdays and plays games throughout the week. And also you can follow Ben on his uh, blog at beardythedungeonmaster at wordpress.com. Uh, he does just a life blog about being a DM, being a teacher, uh, dad jokes, all that stuff. So if you want to support us uh, as a show or an individual, that's where you can hit us up there. Uh, I'm going to leave it here real quick, get back to the episode. Thank you so much, guys. Until next time, stay sexy. So you know, you know, guys, we, uh, we really pulled it together there, and I think we really acted really well as a team. I'm proud of all of us there. I'm, I'm yeah. sorry, where were you for the majority of it? I just gesture towards my goblins like I, I brought back up. Say so pushing all of you guys aside and dropping his bow to the ground, Tarek very seriously goes up to uh, to Theron, grabs him by the scruff of his neck, almost lifting him off the ground, and says, Son, have you fed yet? Have you had any blood, any sentient blood? Tell me In in that do I still feel like the thirst? Yes. 
he's picking you up by the scruff of your neck. You know, if you've fed, then there's no going back. Um, if you haven't fed, then a lesser restoration will cure the vampiric wound, uh, the vampirism here. Once okay. you feed, uh, basically once you feed, then it's permanent and there's no cure for it. Okay, I just want to make sure he's not like putting my head next to his neck like in a hug. No, he uh, he's picking you up by the collar of your shirt. Just making okay. sure, you know, this is the point. He's like, like I'm going to either have to kill you or save you here. So Like, so like he's going to shove at? me against a locker type pickup type deal. Okay. Exactly. Um, I... I I, I don't think so. I, I have not. <clears throat> Say he uh, pulls a spell scroll out of his satchel, presses it against your chest, cure light wound. I'm sorry, not cure light wound. I just said it. Lesser restoration. A, a bright flash fills the room. And uh, everyone, dirty water boys, the goblins, you all be able to see the teeth, like the vampire teeth that had come down in, in his mouth, uh, in Theron's mouth, kind of start to like rescind back up and then disappear. The red shade in his eye lessens to back to normal. His claws that he had, uh, kind of growing out from his fingernails, fall off, and they as they hit the ground, they just splash into a pile of ash. You go back to your normal self, and your father puts you down and then wraps his arms around you. You can't tell if he's laughing or crying, but he just buries his face, kind of, you know, as, as he just embraces you. He hasn't hugged you like this since, uh, you know, since the one-year anniversary of your mother's passing. Just kind of beside himself with joy. That he wouldn't have to bury you too. Theron's gonna just kind of feel relief and just kind of hug him back and just sit there for a minute. Excellent. So uh, with that, you guys would also through the window be able to hear screams as the uh, the other vampires around town uh, start to die because the sun is now out and uh, you know they just poof into ash. So as you guys leave the the central kind of command tower here, you'd see the people in town start to regain their senses. Uh, you see piles of ash periodically. Um, the vampire threat here has ended. You guys have saved the city. Thank All God right. for Kalanon, Vampire Slayer. <laughs> right. As you get, you know, uh, well, how the, the crowd uh, of... Yeah, I was going to ask how the people were in the town that weren't turned yet. Sure. The, uh, the crowd of townspeople realize kind of what's going on after they regain their senses. The mayor, uh, Festrin Orodel, is a gnome. He comes out. Uh, kind of amongst the crowd and say, you know, they, they hail you guys as heroes, saviors of the city. Without your efforts, you know, they would have all eventually become vampires or vampire spawn um, in service to the uh, the Golden Empire, which is against their wishes. You know, they, they want to try and remain neutral in this fight or as neutral as they can. So they, they hail you guys as heroes. They start to whip up a huge feast. The mayor decides that today they are going to christen a new holiday called the Day of Light. Um, in honor of the Dirty Water Boys. Um, uh, excuse me, Mr. Mayor? Yes. How about... Uh, Day of Light seems pretty nice, but, uh, you know, if you really want to honor the Dirty Water Boys, <clears throat> you could just call it the Day of Dirty Water, or the Dirty Water Boys Day. Day of Dirty Water. I like that. How do we celebrate, though? I mean, do we all get uh, jaundice or something? Uh, <laughs> no, you got any... Uh, you just, you know, 420 blaze it, brother. Hell yeah, toke up. Yes, 420. <laughs> Very good. You the optimal was, number. There's nothing wrong with the Day of Light. <laughs> I, I, you know, we got to keep it on brand, brother. Yeah, he uh, he looks at Kalanon and he just shrugs. He, May, Mayor Oradell, he's like, yeah, I figured, you know, it's the first day we've had light in months. So, you know, Day of Dirty Water's fine. We'll, 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 <laughs> we'll compromise. From one gnome to another, you know what I'm saying, brother? Exactly. <laughs> I, I do the secret gnome handshake that every gnome in the world knows. 
totally. He uh, reciprocates enthusiastically. <laughs> um, my, my brand is literally the light, though. I don't know if you know that or not. <laughs> um, yeah, so kind of a cut scene here at the end. A couple of things are going to happen. So they whip up this huge feast, which they throw in you guys' honor. Um, out in the town square, they have huge tables set up where you guys are the guest of honor. Kind of up in front, there's performers, there's fire eaters. There's uh, singers and dancers, pretty much any kind of wine, any kind of food you guys have, you know, they have here, you guys are welcome to it. As far as money, they can cough up 750 gold pieces each, uh, and they're more than willing to, uh, you know, share any kind of bounty with you. Um, 750 each for gold? Gold pieces, yeah. Like, I thought thought the country was in a recession because of Branded Alder. Well, that's everything they, they, they're scraping together, everything they've got. You know, oh, God, I don't want to be a dick and take all of it. Then I'll take, I'll take three hundred seven fifty. You say, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you know, talking with Mayor Orodell, he would mention how one of the last things he remembers, you know, before being swayed by one of these vampires, was a prisoner's cart coming through town, guarded by Golden Empire soldiers. Um, as he describes the person in the prisoner cart, you'd recognize her to be Nazera indicating that you guys are on the right track. Uh, he gives you an updated map of the region so that you can make it to Ironhold uh, you know, with, with all haste. He's going to try and do anything he can to help you guys out, you know, and they, you guys just able to party the night away, you know? Was there a child? Yeah. Was there a child with her in the cage? He, uh, he would look kind of dour and he says, yes, the child was not in the cage, though. He was tied, at the, bound at the hands, and then chained around the neck and dragged afterwards like a dog on a leash. Jesus. Okay, thank you. You know, amidst the party, as you guys are whining and dining, getting to know the people of the town here, celebrating this uh, joyous occasion, the day of dirty water, you know, the first of many. So, Tarek is going to approach Theron during the party. He, uh, he's got a glass, like a goblet full of water, and he just kind of you know, comes up to you, Theron, and he's just kind of smirking, and he says, now, how how dirty does the water have to be? Have they set a requirement yet? Just, uh, just, just a bit murky there, Dad. Very Theron's good. gonna, like, take the goblet and just drink it. <laughs> so you can tell there's a little bit of mud mixed in there. Not a, not a whole lot, but enough to give it kind of a, a, you know, an earthy taste. Your father laughs. This is the first time you've heard of laughs, heard him laugh since before you know, before your mother's passing, he uh, he would just kind of pull you aside and tell you how proud he is of you. You know, like he, um, you know, if he'd gotten his way, that this town would have been destroyed and all the people with it. And he can realize now in retrospect that that's no way to live. You know, just like you're his kid, other people have, you know, there, there's other kids out there, other parents out there whose lives would have been ruined or ended by his kind of no nonsense approach to this. Kind of just reminding him that the hard path is not necessarily, or the easiest path is not necessarily the best path uh, when quelling the darkness. You know, he uh, he apologizes and wishes that you could have had a more peaceful life, um, but he's proud of the man that you're becoming. At which point you'd see him start to sniffle a little bit. He says, you, you just remind me so much of her. Theron would just, like, hug his dad again and just say thanks. Thanks. He... he- he gives you, a, you know, a long hug. As he pulls away, he reaches into his satchel, pulls out like a like a little kind of drawstring package, and hands it to you. And he says, uh, "You know that night in the woods when I when I created the um, 
the, the altar, my desperate attempt to appease Phemos and get your mother back. He says, I I saw the footprints later. I, I, I know that you saw me there, and I'm not proud of what I was willing to do to get her back. But, um, and he, he says, he, she, she would have wanted you to have this. And he hands you the uh, little pouch, you know, and inside is your mother's bowstring. He says, she wielded it well, like this, like her spells, you know? So I, I know that you'll wield it well, too. He's just gonna kind of, like, take it and just, like, hold it against his chest and just, like, tilt his head down with the setup and, like, you see just, like, a single tear fall down on his cheek. So he just kind of knowingly nods, decides he's gonna take his leave. You know, his other monsters, other battles to be fought, you know, holding back the dark and evil forces of the night. He wishes you well and says, you know, if you ever need anything, just call. Also, I was reading grammar rules. Did you know that a colon can really change the meaning of a sentence? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, for example, I like to eat enchiladas. Changed to I like to eat colon. (laughs) Very true. Yes. (laughs) Eat that colon like it's groceries. Is that where I thought this was going? (laughs) This is is gold. Because sometimes I take like a funny thing that I delete and put at the end of the episode. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> Call me Colin Powell. <laughs>